Welcome to the Men of Iron podcast, changing a culture one man at a time. At Men of Iron, we equip men and grow godly leaders through creating and sustaining one-to-one and micro-group mentorships. Go to menofiron.org for more info. Thanks for listening. What is up, world? Welcome to the Men of Iron podcast live from Mannheim, PA. It is Steve bringing it to you solo today. Man, we got an amazing episode today. Can't wait to get into it. Episode 35 is brought to you by the One Center for Leadership, a leadership multiplication platform that transforms communities. Go to onecenter.com for more info. I am excited to introduce our special guest today, Marcus McFalling. Marcus is the founder of Reach One, a business geared towards reaching the marginalized and forgotten youth. He also serves as the student ministries director at Third Street Community Church in inner city Canton, Ohio. After failing to graduate high school, Marcus would later earn a college scholarship and go on to play football at the professional level. A career-ending injury resulted in a three-year battle with opioid abuse. Beating the odds yet again, Marcus now empowers others with his story. He resides in Canton, Ohio with his wife and daughter with another baby girl on the way in August. Marcus, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, man? Glad to be here. Yeah, man, it's an honor to have you. Just tell, a, tell the listeners a little bit more about who Marcus McFalling is. Yeah, so um, I think if I had to break myself down in a few words, I would say passionate, um, super corny, and uh, just a lover of humanity. So <laughs> that's just pretty much me in a nutshell. I like kind of transitioned into you know the father role, so I have all these corny dad jokes, and <laughs> my wife gets on me about them. <laughs> so you're living the dad life to the fullest, Ab- huh? Absolutely, yes, sir. <laughs> I love it, man. Awesome, awesome. Well, just to just to kind of break the ice here, Marcus, we're gonna hit you with take five. You ready for take I'm five? I'm ready. All right, man. All right, take five. Question number one: What's the best part and the hardest part about starting a nonprofit? I would say the best part um, about starting a nonprofit is just the excitement of of new beginnings and just the I'm a dreamer, so it's cool to be able to dream a little bit and to watch those things come, you know, come into shape. I think the hardest part is just all the paperwork and mm-hmm. all the back end work that I'm <laughs> I'm not as gifted in. So, right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's fun to go out there and dream and and you know be the visionary, and then when you got to go back into the office, it's not always <laughs> as fun. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Take five. Question number two: What is your favorite thing about being a dad? I think my favorite thing, wow, uh, my favorite thing about being a dad is waking my daughter up in the morning and just playing with her right when she gets up because I'm like, I'm full go all the time and so is my daughter. So I think that that's just the funnest part. So she's taking after dad with that full go. I love it. How how old's your daughter? Uh, She's two and a half. Two and a half. Awesome. Yeah, we have we have one girl as well, and she's she's almost two and a half. So it's such a fun age. Yeah, for sure is. Take five. Question number three. What is one thing on your bucket list, Marcus? I I think one thing on my bucket list, just in life. One thing on my bucket list in life is to learn how to surf. Now, for those people that know me, that's a pretty crazy. Um, thing, but my wife loves the water, so I want to actually learn how to surf mm. so that when we go to the beach, I can actually enjoy doing something other than laying out. <laughs> uh, as you can see, I don't need to tan. So I love it, man. That's that's uh, ambitious. I would love to learn that too. It's a very challenging thing to learn for sure. Absolutely. All right, take five. Question number four: What is one of your favorite childhood memories? Man, uh, I think one of my favorite childhood memories probably is. Uh, 
uh, when I first went to Young Life Camp when I was a young kid. Um, Young Life Camp, it was just a camp, uh, a Christian camp. And I think that was the first time I was away from home. And so for me, it was like this really, really, really big deal. And just being able to go and have fun away from home was really, really fun and memorable. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Final question for take five. What album or song have you had on repeat lately? Um, the song that I've had on repeat lately is Lean Back by Dion Lewis and Capital City Music. Hmm. It's just been an amazing song that ministers to me. Awesome. Very cool. Well, that was our icebreaker, man. You did well for take five. Awesome. And you just breezed yes, through that. That might have been our quickest take five ever. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, we'd love to you know, just dig into more about what you're doing out there in inner city Canton and uh, with each one. But first, we'd kind of love to hear just your testimony, your, your personal yeah. faith journey. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, growing up, um, I grew up in a difficult situation just because my birth father wasn't there from from the jump, but I was blessed to have a stepdad. And for the early years of my life, it was really, really good. He was working, things were great, but he got really, really sick um, to the point where he had tape to hold his eyelids open. That's how weak he was. Hmm. And so uh, an identity crisis immediately hits me where I don't know where I belong. Me and my brothers and sisters, we all have different last names. So I didn't really know where I fit in and, um, it just, I was just looking to be accepted by somebody. And growing up in inner city California, there's a few few options. You can either, um, you're going to rap or sing, you're going to sell dope or sell drugs, or you're going to play ball. Hmm. And so I found football, and it was a good way for me to escape reality and to take out a lot of this pent-up aggression and anger towards everybody on other people. And then I excelled at football and um, getting lots of opportunities to position myself to get scholarship offers is what was allowed for me in Kent in California. And, and I excelled, man. I, I just really, uh, I was gifted just with size and speed, getting scholarship offers as a freshman in high school. Um, but I don't think that there was a necessary discipline that I believe um, should be in place in the home. And just kind of, there's all kind of things that factored into that. So I, high school for me was going to school and getting on MySpace. I know I just dated myself a little bit. They're like, <laughs> MySpace, what is that? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so getting on MySpace, that was cool for me because I was a really, really good athlete. And mm-hmm. I I would do that every single day. And I went to a predominantly African-American school and then I transferred to the rival school. So like it's going from like Ohio State transferring to Michigan mm-hmm. being like, you know, if Ezekiel Elliott left, you know, and went to, to Michigan would have been a big deal. And that's right. kind of how it was for me. And so I transferred with straight Fs. Hmm. And so for the first time in my life, I realized that football doesn't last forever. And I had to, and, and I'm not ashamed to say this, but the first five classes that I had were on PE classes. Mm-hmm. I was like in some form, from form of PE class. And, and I actually got straight A's for the first time in my <laughs> life. <laughs> I mean, hopefully I do. Right? All right. Super duper excited about that, man. And I remember going to my coach, Coach Noble at the time, and he celebrated with me. And, um, uh, but I think I had done so many I, – I didn't get the grades before when I accepted the scholarship to the University of Arizona. I couldn't go because I wasn't a qualifier. Hmm. And so I went down this long journey, man, where I just continued to persevere. And I went to junior college. I excelled there. Um, I accepted a scholarship at Malone University here in Canton, Ohio. And that's a funny story because I remember calling the coach. I recruited myself to Malone. Hmm. I called the coach. I said, hey, Coach Gardner, you don't know who I am, but if you offer me a scholarship – 
it'll be the best scholarship you ever offered. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, I'm here in Malone. I got a chance to set some records. Wow. Got invited to the 2011 NFL Combine. Uh, I did really, really well, thinking that my dreams were were getting ready to come true. From an inner city kid to a non high school graduate to being at the combine was amazing. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I didn't get drafted. And I played four years in the Arena Football League. Got a chance to go to San Antonio, Texas. Was mm-hmm. awesome. And had a chance to work out from some scouts down there, but I blew my shoulder out in that workout. Hmm. And this is my story kind of takes a crazy turn. Up to that point, I never smoked, didn't drink. I was so focused on football, but then I was prescribed pain medication. And I believe that I was overprescribed to start with. Wow. And it led me down a three year cycle of drug abuse to the point where I was just, I, mean, I was lying and doing everything I needed to do to feed my body with this drug. Hmm. And I think just the depths of deception that I got to and the things that I would do were crazy. And, uh, I checked myself into rehab June 20th, 2017. And it was a faith based rehab and it was the most difficult thing I've ever done, but it was the best decision outside of giving my life to Christ and marrying my wife. Hmm. Because in that program is when I learned who I was and it was called Ohio Valley adult and teen challenge. I understood that I wasn't created to fix myself. And so going through this program was all about, understanding that drugs were just a fruit issue. I had to get to the root to get to the fruit. And so I did that for 13 months hmm. and I graduated. And first thing I've ever graduated from That's was incredible. June uh, 2018. Wow. And I've been rocking and rolling ever since. Hmm. That's incredible. Now throughout this whole journey of football and then, you know, arena football and, and going through this drug abuse, where was your walk with the Lord and where did, where did uh, Jesus come into the picture through all of this? For sure. I think going to Malone, which was a Christian university, I had a lot of head knowledge about God. I, I, you know, I had to take theology and Old Testament, New Testament. But if I didn't connect the 18 inches between my brain and my heart, I don't care what you know, it's meaningless Mm. because I didn't necessarily live it. I didn't embody the gospel. I knew the gospel, but I think I I knew that there was something more for my life. I truly, truly believe that. And it dates back to June 5th, 2005. I'm just, I'm big on dates. Mm -hmm. I remember there was somebody that told me something. His name was Mr. Killow. He told me right when I didn't graduate, he says, Marcus, you are going to make something of yourself one day. Hmm. And I carried that along with myself all throughout my journey. And I knew that the Lord was there. But when in 2017, when I checked myself in, I think I put my hands up for the first time Hmm. and I really surrendered everything to him. And here I am. That's incredible, man. It's powerful. Sure. Awesome. Um, we'd love to kind of hear the beginnings of Reach One. Just tell the listeners, Absolutely. you know, more about Reach One and, yeah. and just kind of the heart behind it. Absolutely. So um, I can remember being in rehab and I wrote something down uh, July 15th, just something I was believing God for. I didn't do any speaking or anything up to that point, but I just was journaling all the time and I wrote down, I want to travel across the world and speak. Hmm. I wrote that down. I had never done it before, but I just put my faith behind it. And fast forward to October 12th, I'm in class. We have Bible class every night and I'm doing what Marcus normally does. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm just kind of, he's on my space. Yeah. I'm on on my my space. And uh, I just believe the Lord led me in my spirit to Luke 15. Hmm. And I was just like any time I feel like I hear the Lord, I go and I, and I read it. And as I'm reading it, I begin to get wrecked. Hmm. It's a story about the lost sheep. And God tells me like, I'm, I was that, that lost sheep that he left the 99 for. And in that moment, 
He said, Marcus, never make ministry about numbers. Hmm. Every person has infinite value to him. Yes. He says, I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. And when I tell you I'm not clever enough to come up with the name Reach One, I just heard Reach One. That stands for Reconciling Every Abandoned Child Home. Hmm. And so October 12, 2017 is when it was birthed or planted inside of my heart. And uh, I didn't know how it was going to come. You know, I didn't know what I was going to do to start speaking. I just know that I needed to complete my program and go back home and be a husband and a father because hmm. that's what God has called me to do. But I graduated in October 12th. I was working for United Way. And what's what's crazy is I just realized this um, a couple weeks ago. So the day that Reach One was born was October 12th. Well, fast forward to October 12th the next year, I get an opportunity to speak in front of 2,000 people for the first time wow. at our Auditorium mm. in Ashland, Ohio. And it was like an ultimatum. It was, um, I had to choose between either continuing to work a job at United Way or to pursue what God put inside of my heart and speak. And I knew that I'm going to follow the Lord. I gave him my yes. And I was like, all right, Lord, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. And so I did that. And when you go to my website, that first picture is actually the very first time he's speaking. Wow. That's really important to me. And so from then on, uh, people just heard about me speaking and uh, I formed the, I actually started off as an LLC. I didn't really know what I was doing, to be honest. I was like, all right, Lord, I have no clue about how mm -hmm. to build a website. I literally got on Google. I was like, all right, you know what? <laughs> I got on GoDaddy and just went to the website. <laughs> all right. Awesome. And the picture, I actually have like a handheld um, remote in my hand. I took that picture while I was speaking. Oh, which that's is so funny. <laughs> Since then, man, I've just been kind of speaking everywhere. People have heard about me, and I, I formed a nonprofit. I got a board now, and mm. we had our first board meeting uh, last month. And it's just amazing what God is doing through this ministry. And I think I've realized that. I've come to realize that it's not my ministry. It's the Lord's ministry that he's trusted me with. Mm time that I'm here so oh, that's incredible Absolutely. we kind of heard you know with your story here the heart and and the vision behind reach one what are you guys what are you guys tangibly doing in the community and, and surrounding yeah. communities and, and uh, you know across the country absolutely and I think one of the things we have four four core values in in reach one and I think that it embodies everything that the heart of the father it says there are there are four you's you matter you are not alone you can hear from God and you can get up and so I'm like an, a trench warfare kind of guy. I want to be on the ground in the inner city with a kid that didn't have anybody to believe in them. I want to tell them that they matter because words are powerful. Hmm. We hear sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, that's a lie. Words hurt. And I believe young people have believed so many word curses and they believe a lie so long it becomes their truth. So we at Reach One, we go into these spaces, into these places and tell kids that they matter. And we provide opportunity for them to look at themselves in the mirror. I'll literally take a mirror and I'll say, hey, write what you see. Hmm. And they'll write all kind of crazy stuff. And then I tell them, no, hey, we're going to erase that. This is what God sees when he sees you. And so that's just some of the things that we're doing. Um, I'm all about meeting kids where they're at, man. And when I go to a school, the way that I share my story, I never want people to walk away impressed with me. I want them to understand the power of God and how he can come and meet you where you're at. And change your situation because two years ago, I would have never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now. But it just takes a little bit of faith. That's incredible. What are what are some of the biggest challenges you've you've experienced in in working with with kids today? Whether it's you know millennials or or the Generation Z 
For uh, man, I tell you what, the the kids they are a little bit different. Uh, it takes a lot longer for them to open up to you, because I think so many people tell them so many things that they they don't believe it themselves. They don't believe that they matter, and so that's one of the most challenging things where. You can have a moment with a kid and he'll have crazy breakthrough, but the next day he's going back to the old way of thinking. And I think just being consistent, being willing to be present, and a lot of times just not even having the right thing to say. I think just our presence alone sometimes means a lot to these young people. But those are some challenges for sure that that are hard. Is there anything that, that you have discovered or you guys as an organization have discovered that's kind of like goes against the grain as far as other student ministries or something different that you guys have done that has really worked to reach these kids? For sure. Um, I And I believe this wholeheartedly. One thing that uh, we at Reach One believe is in this transparency. I believe that transparency leads to transformation. And one of the things that we do is we make sure we're real in front of kids. Like I don't stand up in front of kids and say, oh, I got it all together. I, I tell them the hard parts of my life, like, mm-hmm. hey, and I even sometimes tell them some of my current struggles because mm-hmm. it helps them relate to you yep. and not, you know, you can get up and speak in front of 100 kids and they'll they'll be moved. But when you get up in front of 100 kids and you speak in such a way that you're willing to put it all out there, like, hey, here I am. I understand where you're at. I've seen that it has much more of an impact. And it, it's hard to be vulnerable sometimes. Uh, especially just opening up about real struggles in real life. So that's definitely something we do. Yeah, I think just just hearing a little bit of your story, I mean, it's incredible to see the adversity you've overcome. I'm sure, um, you know, as a young as a young person in the crowd listening to you speak, those, just seeing you go through those trials and tribulations and, and come through, um, you know, standing on top. And I think it probably is just an incredible opportunity for these kids whether it's inner city or wherever to be like man i I can do this too i can get out of these circumstances that that surround me so man i applaud you for getting out there and sharing your story and impacting these kids absolutely i appreciate that man what's the uh what's the future for each one where do you guys see yourselves in the next 5 10 15 years Uh, so i see myself in the next five years um i believe we at reach one are going to be traveling all around the world um, telling people that they matter but it's not so much about the traveling it's more on the discipleship base. Um, But I think getting up in front of people in the trauma-informed community, it's called giving resilience. I see Reach One giving resilience in every state in America, every single state, and I believe overseas as well. Um, And I think that we're going to have a, we'll have a facility at some point down the line that it's like a hub um, where young people come and not only, you can give somebody a fish and they'll eat for a day. We know the saying, but, but if you teach them how to fish, they'll eat for life. And I just want to create a hub of fishing poles and instructors Mm. where we're literally having people come in and we're showing them how to fish to go out into the world and uh, be the hands and feet of Jesus, man, for real. That's so good. That's awesome. I think, yeah, I think that's a big need for, for the youth today is they just, they just need a place that they can feel like welcomed and feel loved and feel themselves. Don't, you know what I mean? It's, it's hard for, for kids to find that today, whether it's due to their home circumstances or, or getting bullied at school or they're not fitting in at school or whatever, man. They just need a place to feel love. So I love Absolutely. hearing that idea. That's incredible. Yes, sir. What advice would you give to that, you know, that young man out there, that, that young adult out there listening who's kind of just in the thick the thick of things, man? They're just, yeah. they feel like they have nowhere to turn. What advice would you For give sure. to that young person? Uh, first of all, I want, to, I want them to understand just the, lo- the love of God in a way that's so different than 
sometimes we believe. Uh, the love narrative never changes with God. Since the beginning of time, his hands and arms have always been open to, to us. And I think that if you can understand that you were never created to fix yourself, ever, get away from the thinking that you have to fix you. Start to believe that it's okay to be open and transparent with the right people. Now, you can be open and transparent with the wrong people and stay in the same place. But to be able to talk about those issues, because I was isolated in my thinking where I thought I was the only drug addict in the world. As crazy as that sounds, that's really where I was at. And they may be in that place or maybe it's not drugs. Maybe it's you know not loving themselves. Maybe they're suicidal thoughts. Understanding you are not alone. Your life, every breath that you breathe matters. Mm. Every single one. I don't care if your mom or whoever it was told you that you don't matter. You do. You were created and you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And you can get up, man. You can live a life that's so different. You have dreams. We're all pre-wired with dreams and desires. And I believe that if you have a little bit of faith and that you're willing to believe in yourself a little bit, that's all God needs. And I'm living proof of that. That's incredible, man. Well, we know that, you know, you're, uh, you're headquartered in Canton, Ohio. Yes, sir. Um, shout out to Canton. We got some, we got some men of iron office space out there as well. BZ, oh, yeah. BZ's our boy. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> We'd love to kind of give the listeners a little bit of insight in, into the culture in Canton, inner city yeah. Canton. What are these, what are these kids facing day to day? What do you, what are you seeing with these kids that walk through the doors? Man, there's so much popular culture that my kids are facing where, um, the idea that, uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, like that's what they're facing to a whole new degree. And I believe the birth of, you know, technology has really accelerated their growth where I've got, you know, sixth graders that are predisposed to um, all kinds of sexual things that they should have no, they shouldn't even nowhere close to that, but they are. And I just think of a sense of belonging. They don't have that. They want to feel loved. And unfortunately, in the inner city, a lot of our kids don't have male figures in their lives that are willing to be present, willing to be consistent. It's one thing to come in and come out, but to be consistent, I've had kids that do some crazy stuff and I don't leave. I'm telling, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Even if you hate me, you want to cuss me out, it doesn't matter. I love you. Now I'm going to set some boundaries yep. and you're going to learn how to grow if you really want it. But I definitely think those are some things we're facing. Hmm. Do you have any, uh, I'm sure you got a, a million stories, but any success stories <laughs> that come off the top of your head of just some transformation stories you've seen in some kids? Man, just in the last 10 months, man, there's a, there's a few, uh, I think from my first time speaking, um, I had a chance to just really let it rip, be raw. And there was a young man who came up to me afterwards and he was telling me that he had been struggling with drugs and um, his dad wasn't in his home. His mom was struggling and he just was really trying to find his way. He was suicidal, didn't know what he wanted to do with his life. But he said after hearing my story, he believes that he could make it. Hmm. And this is October last year. And so over the last, what, seven, eight months, not only does this kid check in once every month, every two months, he's now, he started a club at his school where he's walking around handing out positive notes to people mm. where he literally speaks life. And cause I say that a lot, I'm like speak life mm -hmm. and he's writing down letters and speaking life to people. And I believe that's how we shift a culture. Yeah. Like it's not about it. If we get one person, one dedicated person, it's crazy what yeah, we can do. That's incredible. Yeah, these kids are our future. So man, the, the, the impact that you're making is is phenomenal, man. It's cool to it's cool to hear your story. 
appreciate that, man. We'd love to kind of hear um, just kind of some mentors in your life that have helped yeah. helped make Marcus who he is today. Absolutely. Uh, one person, um, I got to give a shout out to Jason Lance. He's a visionary for, for River Tree. Just, I think in the last 10 months, he's poured into me a whole lot of truth. Hmm. And I think I definitely needed some of the challenge that he brought. Um, especially for those who know the Myers-Briggs and ENFP, my follow-through sometimes is a little lacking. And so he challenges me in that area. Um, my pastor, uh, Corey Hunka, he's been there from the start. Before I was ever doing Reach One, mm-hmm. when I was getting ready to go into rehab, he told me something. He said, Marcus, uh, Avery, my daughter, isn't going to be the first person in my church to grow up without her dad. Mm-hmm. And just supported me and my family all the way through that. Wow. And I have my spiritual father, Pastor Whiteside, Everett Whiteside. Um, he's just been so consistent in my life from 2012 till now, just giving me a, a sounding board, but also a lot of wisdom that I can apply to my life to help me be the man that I'm called to be. And I think what's consistent with all three of those, and I have many, many mentors, but what's consistent with all of them is they care more about Marcus the person and Marcus the husband and father more than Marcus, the person who goes and speaks. Hmm. And I know that they're really for me. That's incredible, man. It's, it's, it's vital as men to have, to have other men in your corner, other men walking alongside with you and challenging you and help you to get to that, that, you know, that calling that God created you to be. So it's, it's cool to hear, man. Absolutely. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, kind of that five, 10 year vision of reach. What's, what's on the horizon here in the next, next six months to a year? So we're, um, I've started a thing in 2019 called the no strings attached assemblies tour. Really it's just talking about the love of God, that his love is no strings attached. He just wants our yes. And so I'm getting a chance to go into some universities. I'll be going to Ohio Christian university. I'll be at a live festival this year. Um, I'm doing a church camp actually next week for five days, getting a chance to really break down who Jesus is. And uh, going into the fall, I have a few more assemblies and some, some universities and high schools. That's awesome, man. You're not, you're not busy at all, are you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my wife tells us, she's like, man, you're always busy. <laughs> well, just, we'd love to kind of give the listeners and viewers just some, some information on, on Marcus yeah. and reach one, how they can learn more about you, how they can, you know, have you come speak to their, their school or church or university. Yeah. Just, yeah, just let them know. Absolutely. So you can go on our website. It's www.reach, R-E-A-C-H, the number one, inc.com. On there, you've got a plethora of from testimonials to administrative recommendations to um, just kind of what we really are doing on the ground, the impact we're having. You can definitely check us out there. And there's a book now. You can follow us on social media, on Facebook, um, Twitter, and Instagram. Awesome, man. Well, it's it's been an honor to have you on the Men of Iron podcast today, Marcus. Um, yeah, we're just we're thankful you took the time to to talk with us, man. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it, man. For yeah, sure. he was. And just a side note, Marcus was gonna was gonna drive the whole way out here to to launch the PA for this. <laughs> I was. And I, I put in my GPS. Like, oh, man, that's, that's, He's like, wait, wait, you're on the east side of Pennsylvania, maybe not. <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I thank you for your time. You can find out more about Reach One at Reach the Number One Inc dot com, and you can follow Marcus on Instagram at Marcus McFalling. McFalling, I'm sorry. <laughs> Marcus McFalling, or it's at Reach One Inc on Instagram as well. Marcus, if you just hang on, we're just going to close out here and we'll we'll chat Absolutely. off air. But thanks again to Marcus McFalling, man. It was an honor to have him on the show. 
Thank you to our sponsor, the One Center for Leadership, episode 35. We are out. Thanks, guys. <laughs>